God bless you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We're about ready to enter into a time of worship and praise. And I love it when we could come together as a church family. Before we continue, I wanted you to do me a big favor. Let me know on the chat room that you're there, how many people are there. We want to know who's with us, worshiping with us today. We're live in the chat room, so please feel free to get on. We'll respond to you. But we want to know that you're there. So let us know. Uh, tell us, Tony from Chicago, Janet from, Ch from uh, California, whatever it may be, wherever you're at, put it on the chat room. We want to bless you. We want to pray for you. We want to worship together. Know that we're worshiping together. Amen? Praise God. So let's go into the service now. I'm going to get ready to take off my jacket, ready to praise Almighty God together with the family of God. Hallelujah. Let's enter into a time of praise and worship. That is the beginning and the end. Amen. The beginning our story, he knows our struggles, and he has already fought our battles. Amen.
give God the glory that he deserves.
God bless each and every one of you today. I hope and pray that everyone is doing well in this beautiful Sunday. So we're here today to share something that happened to us a few weeks ago. Um, and at the same time, encourage anybody that might be going through something like yes. this. So we, uh, we tested positive for COVID-19. And it was kind of a, a scary, it was a shocker to us because we really thought we were protecting ourselves and, and wearing a mask and washing our hands, but we caught it and, and, and we were kind of scared. We were a little worried because we were with our children and our families during the holidays. And, um, you know, we were just more concerned that we would spread it to someone else and mm -hmm. especially an elderly person and, and possibly someone being hospitalized. But, um, you know, we quarantined. Amen. Amen. We quarantined and me and my wife never lost faith. Although I believe you have anxiety for one day, right? Yes. Like I don't get anxiety. Yes, she got However, it. <laughs> I got anxiety for like maybe two days. Um, but this time... This one time that I got it really bad, I, I received a call from one of our sisters in Christ. And she, you know, she was praying over me. She gave me a lot of encouragement. Um, and, you know, she she just um, reassured me that I was going to be okay. And at the same time, um, I just allow myself to just um, give it to the God's Lord. Hands. Give it to yeah. God's hands, you know. Just have Him um, work through all this and just having a lot of faith that He was just going to um, take us out of this um, illness and, and, and just, and, and you know, us. and heal us because okay. it was just us believing and praying and having a lot and of faith and um, just some sense of peace yes. to move on. Yes, and everyone knows that I, I, I struggled before with anxiety and during this time, um, I had peace. There was a sense of peace that only uh, could have come from God, no one else. And, and I'm very thankful. Um, you know, we did a lot. We prayed together. We worshiped together during that time. Yes. Um, in the quarantine, we read our Bibles. We reached out to many. Um, we never we, lost faith. We never lost faith. Even though you go through a little anxiety, mm -hmm. you just, you know, you don't have to stay there. You trust and you stay focused on God. Um, and also, we want to thank everyone that reached out to us. It yes. was an outpouring of, of calls, texts, Prayer. not only from family, but our brothers and sisters in Christ. Christ. And we're really humbled and thank you for each and every call that you've made and, and prayer. Because prayer is important. And, and, you know, they were saying, oh, can can we share this? And I said, yeah, share it to whoever you want to share it. Because... I want prayer, and we all need prayer, and yes. I am thankful for prayer. Yes. And um, and we're very thankful for being um, in in this ministry that we uh, that we have our brothers and sisters that yes. we can rely on for prayer and encouraging. Um, so thank you all. Um, I appreciate each and every one of you, and those that are struggling, know that God is with you, Amen. even during the storm and through any season, He is there. Yes. Um, consider it a breakthrough when you come out of it. I know it's a breakthrough for us, and we thank God for that. Um, so Don't hesitate on, on reaching out. Um, yes. Like, again, if you need prayer, struggling, if you need encouragement, anything, yeah, reach please out. reach and out. Also, and also, we should also reach out to, to those that are that are in need or, yes. or struggling at this time, because uh, especially at this time with this pandemic and what's going on around the world, um, that's what the enemy wants us to be, uh, to be uh, confused and, and not focused. Um, because he knows the more we focus on Christ and the more we were praying and, and united as a body, 
we are we're saving souls strong. and we're strong and um and we all know that so let's encourage let's continue to be the salt and light of the world Amen. and um let's just bless those and and help those that are in need god bless you all and have a wonderful wonderful Sunday. god bless bye-bye hi everybody it's great to be with you even though it's by video now we're going to continue our worship and praise and we're going to now release an offering and a tithe in the presence of god in exodus 25 there's something that really moves me god himself speaks to moses and tells uh, him to raise an offering uh, from his people let me read it to you it says in uh, exodus 25 1 then the lord spoke to moses saying speak to the children of israel that they bring me an offering from everyone who gives it willingly notice it says willingly with his heart you shall take my offering and this is the offering that you shall take from them he even tells them what he wants them to bring forth he says gold silver bronze blue purple and scarlet thread fine linen goat's hair ram's skins dyed red badger skins acacia wood oil for the light and spices for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense onyx stones and stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate and let them make me a sanctuary that i may dwell among them now if you look about it you, you see gold and you see bronze and silver that was to be used uh, to cover some of the furnishings of the temple they were going to be within the temple so everything had a use the scarlet thread uh, the coverings of the temple uh, the, the dyed red badger skins all of that was to cover the temple there were specific offerings and they had specific needs attached to it oil for the light spices for the anointing oil all of that was going to be used in the temple it was not a superfluous offering it was a needed offering and then verse 8 it says let them make me a sanctuary that i may dwell among them you notice this was specifically uh, for uh, the work of god then in verse 9 it says according to all that i show you that is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of its furnishings just so you shall make it so several things i got from them number one it was the lord that initiated the offering and you and i know why god asks for offerings in the earth realm because he created man made him the authority in the earth realm so all of the resources belong to us because he's given it to us so therefore he holds us responsible as to how we're going to use these resources in the book of genesis it makes it very clear when god made man he he said to man you are in charge in the earth realm and whatever god speaks becomes law in the spirit realm in heaven and on earth in the earth realm so we are in charge why because god said so we are his ambassadors here on earth so the lord initiated the offering not because uh, it's not his because everything is his but because we are his stewards so whenever he's going to move on earth he seeks men and women to stand in the gap and to make things happen in the region where he wants his move to be manifest we help them we partner with him so he called it number two his offering it's interesting that even though we're the stewards, it's his offering. When he wanted it to reign um, in the region of Israel, he told his prophet, go and tell the region to go reign. See, he needed a man to speak it into existence or to actuate it in the earth realm because that is his plan. That is his pattern. 
And so whenever we are ready to give an offering unto the Lord, that's part of his pattern. Why? Because we're the ones that are in charge of the resources here. Number three, he specified what it was for. The tithe is for ministry. The tithe is for the temple. The tithe is to make sure churches remain open. That is a pattern. Offerings are not only for uh, uh, ministry in churches, but it's also to help community. It's also to preach the gospel. It's also to evangelize. It's also to meet needs. So offerings are multifaceted. In the Old Testament, the Bible says that when we give an offering to the poor, God repays that offering because he loves the poor. So there are different kinds of offerings. Uh, number four, it was for the sanctuary and the items that would be housed within the sanctuary. So we also realize that offerings and tithes are specific. They have specific needs. And God's the one that brought this, this ministry of giving forth. It's not us. It didn't come from us. It comes from him. He speaks to his partners in the earth realm. Number five, he gave Moses the pattern. Once again, we have the pattern. We have the tithe. We have the offerings. We have special offerings. And the scripture speaks of all different kinds of offerings. Offerings In your study, you should actually study what different kinds of offerings the Lord had given his people to give. And you'll see that each one had a specific need. And it says that a part of the pattern of giving uh, his people the tithe and offering is also to bless them because the Bible says that those that gave it from a free heart, from a free will, those that gave it from a cheerful heart, he, he, he knows their heart. See, in the New Testament, in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, you should also read those two chapters, you see that he loves the cheerful giver. He knows the faithful. Notice, he says, take the offering from my people and build a sanctuary. Didn't you notice there was no doubt in God that there would be sufficient? There would be sufficient funds and resources to build the sanctuary. There was never a question of doubt. He knew exactly who was going to give. He knew his faithful would provide in the earth realm the resources that he needed for the sanctuary. And it's the same way today. God knows his faithful. He knows you and me right now. He knows that our hearts uh, have placed him first. So when we give, he expects that. And what happens is he takes the resources that we give him and we dedicate to him and he blesses us with wisdom, resources. He even rebukes the devourer, the Bible says, so that we can continue to give. He opens up windows of heaven, which is wisdom, and he gives us strategies to be able to bring forth resources for families and for ministry. And then he gives them continued resources so that they can continue to be a conduit of provision in the earth realm. Men and, men and women of God, he knows us. He trusts us. He knows the givers. He knows the tithers. And he blesses them because he is seeking for man to stand in the gap in the earth realm. And when he finds one, he blesses them with resources and he partners with them and he loves them. He loves the cheerful giver. Let's get ready to give now. So everybody right now, uh, let's uh, raise our envelopes in the presence of God. Heavenly Father, I pray your blessing upon each and every tithe, upon each and every gift, every offering today. Blessed Lord, that we may feed the nations with it. Thank you, Father, for this local house. Thank you for meeting all the needs of this house and thank you for meeting all of the needs of my brothers and sisters in Christ. Father, we glorify your name. We're thankful to you for your divine provision, my God. We submit the tithe and the offering in your hands through our high priest, our Lord Jesus Christ, and we give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. Amen. Amen. All right, let's follow the instructions of the ushers. We love you. Thank you for praying for us. Uh, I'm on live streaming so i'm also enjoying the service so god bless you god love you and let's get ready to give amen have a wonderful and blessed service god bless you all here at ccf 
Um, I just wanted to come before you today and just give you a small testimony to what God is doing in my life. And my God, my God, where do I begin? He's shown up in such a way I can't wrap my mind around. He's instilled such a discipline that continues to grow within me and a yearning for his word that I, I pray that God continues to build upon. Last season prior to COVID, I was such I was in such a weird place and I was lacking in many areas and by the grace of God in a season of nothing but visible lack God has provided in such a way that I have not lacked my family has not seen lack and I praise God for that I praise God that he has shown up and showed out time and time again and he is who he says he is he has not forsaken me and he's proven that time and time again and I'm just so thankful for him I'm so thankful for where he's taking me and I'm so grateful for the love and the grace and the peace that he's given me throughout this season. I just pray that God continues to build on that and, and that I continue to walk the right path with him. And I know that sometimes it can get difficult, but God has shown me that the difficulties are nothing compared to the blessings that come with submitting to God and submitting to his plan. And despite what gets thrown at you, when God is involved, they will not prosper. Nothing will prosper against you as long as God is there. So I just want to share that with you because in this season, it's been trying and it's been testing the faith. And I thank God that he's been with me and he's been louder than ever. And if there was any season that I needed to hear him, I heard him loud and clear. So I'm just so thankful that this is the God we serve. Sovereign, loving, beautiful, faithful. So I just want to bless you guys and encourage you guys and let's do this because God is moving and let's continue to move. Let's continue to walk with him because where we going and what he's doing is going to be something great. So I love you all. God bless you all. And
Good morning, Calvary family, and happy Sunday. For those who don't know me, my name is Joanna Rodriguez. I'm the director of Seeds of Life Children's Ministry. I have the privilege and the honor of leading all kids at Calvary, um, and it's truly an honor, especially during this time. Um, we've gotten to know all the kids at Calvary on different levels, and it's truly an honor. I'm here to talk to you guys a few minutes to encourage us um, all for the next uh, week that's ahead. So here goes. Last time I spoke to you guys when I preached in September, I talked about control. And I talked about how we are not in control. And we know that. And, you know, I'm sure while I was talking, it's like, oh, I already know this. But actually putting into practice is the most difficult part, right? And I've been reading a lot of you version devotionals, especially during this time. I used to, before COVID, um, use my commuting time to... Um, my devotionals on new version and now that I'm working from home it's a little bit more difficult because all I want to do is roll out of bed and just log into work right that's the easy part but intentionally making time for the Lord is something I've been <clears throat> diligently trying to work on since you know we've all been quarantined and one of the devotionals that um I've been reading it's called Woman Up, and I, I love it. Um, and in that devotional, um, she talked about Daniel. And I know his story has been coming up a lot during this time. Um, and she um, broke it down in that whole book. And the part that I wanted to share with you guys today um, was when King Nebuchadnezzar um, made the uh, golden statue, and he said, he brought all the town together and all the people, and he said, listen, as soon as you hear these trumpets and these horns, you guys are going to bow down. I want everybody to bow down and worship this idol, right? And there were these three men, uh, Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were three Jewish boys, and um, they were like, no, I'm not doing it, right? Uh, there were people that told the king, hey, these three aren't uh, going to bow down. They say they're not going to do it. And when the king, the king was upset and furious and he goes, you know, hey, like, hello, that's an order. I'm telling you guys, when the horns go off, you are to bow down, right? Um, or else you guys are going to go into a fiery pit and die, right? And these three boys, I love their answers uh, to the king. And it, they said, our God, whom we serve, is able to rescue from the furnace of blazing fire and he will rescue us from your hand O king but even if he doesn't O king let it be known to you that we are not going to serve your god or worship the golden image that you have set up this could be found in daniel chapter 3 verse 17 to 18 and i love that part um because they said he said he, um they, he, they said listen we don't know if we're going to get out this fire furnace, but even if our God does not rescue us, that's part of his plan. And he, he is still God. And I love that because how many of us only do things or obey God or say, okay, God, I'm going to worship you because you promised me X, right? There's a reward at the end of that. But what if there isn't? What if, like uh, these three boys said, even if he doesn't, he is still God. Are we willing to still obey God and follow God, um, even if 
this whole corona we're in masked up forever or um you know who knows um what's gonna happen in our world in our country in the next couple of weeks next couple of days kept a couple of months but guys be encouraged even if things continue to go down a dive road spiral god is still in control God is going to rescue us because he is still God no matter what. Whether he does it the way we think he's going to do it or not, he is still God. And what he is all powerful. It is in his will, whatever is happening. So we just have to continue to pray and look up to him. So be encouraged, guys. I love you guys. Extra hugs and kisses to my Seeds of Life Children's Ministry. Um, love you guys and have a great Sunday and have a great week. Bye. Thank you so much, everyone, for those beautiful testimonies. It's always wonderful to hear what God is doing in the midst of um, our lives on a daily basis. The precious testimonies that we hear are an encouragement to us all. So I want to thank each and every one of you for the testimonies. Thank you also, Julio. I appreciate the videos. Appreciate all that you do. Wanted to mention before I get into today's message that uh, tomorrow is a very special day. Dr. Martin Luther. King Day. Tomorrow the nation celebrates Dr. Martin Luther King. He showed us the power of not giving up. He showed us how to peacefully protest against inequities and systemic destructive mindsets against bad laws and bad policies. He helped this nation to break through the national sin of racism. His influence caused our nation to realize that we're all precious to God and we all have the right to be treated with respect, with honor, and with dignity. His speeches helped us to begin to address the change uh, that we needed uh, so that we can treat each other properly. And, you know, we've come a long way since then. But once again, we're at a place where we need to revisit the profound truths that Dr. King received from Almighty God and that he shared with our beloved nation. 
it's going to take a lot of work, a lot of patience, a lot of love, and a lot of persistence. But by God's grace, we as a church family can continue to model Dr. Martin Luther King's, um, uh, basically his heart cry to this nation. So we can model mutual respect, honor, and dignity to every single human, to every single United States citizen. So uh, tomorrow let's celebrate, let's make sure we remember the principles and philosophies uh, that have made that great, uh, that day very special. A great man and people around him that worked with him, some are still alive, but today we can continue to still remember what God said through that period of time and what he continues to say today. So let's get into the message now. Father, I pray for your anointing, uh, that your anointing might flow like rivers of living water. I pray that your word would come forth like Lord with life and with power, with grace and with favor. May every person that listens to this message today be touched and moved and changed by your power. And we thank you, Father, for divine strength and divine enabling to continue to do what you've called, it to, called us to do here in this wonderful brand new year. Even though it's fraught with a lot of challenges, a lot of uncertainties, one thing we know, you are our rock and you are our stability in the midst of changing times. So we bless you, my Heavenly Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. So today I wanted to speak to you a couple of minutes on the theme, Can we trust Him when things don't go our way? Can we trust Him when we're disappointed? So thinking about this year seems to be a continuation of what we experienced last year. So many people today are experiencing battle fatigue and others are so disappointed because their plans, their hopes, their dreams, and their desires have been put on hold or even worse yet, outright shattered. And last week I shared on what is our true strength and stability, Almighty God and His Word. If you didn't hear that message, please go to Facebook or go to our website where it's recorded. I think it'll bless your heart and encourage you for this year. So this week I want to speak on that. Can we trust Him when things don't go our way? In Isaiah 33, Verse 7, in the New Living Translation, it says it this way, But now your brave warriors weep in public. Your ambassadors of peace cry in bitter disappointment. Wow, that must have been a very tough time when the brave warriors were weeping in public and when the ambassadors that would cry, uh, would cry out peace would be unfortunately fought with bitter disappointment. That was written thousands of years ago, but yet it still holds true today. There are times when our bitter warriors, or rather when our brave warriors weep, and when our ambassadors of peace cry in bitter disappointment. We don't get our way each and every time, and there are times we're fighting for good things and they don't seem to pan out. But, praise God, I have some scriptural advice for you today. Disappointment is a very powerful emotion. We have to know how to deal with it. Disappointment is when a person is disappointed, and the word disappoint means to fail to meet the expectation or hope of. See, we want to see something, we expect to see something, and yet we fail to see it. It's a feeling of being let down, feeling of dismay, dissatisfaction. It can bring frustration, and it can bring a sense of failure. A couple of examples in Scripture, what about Joseph? Joseph had received several dreams from Almighty God. 
that he was going to be prominent, that he was going to be influential, that his brothers would bow even to him because of the influence that God would give him. But yet, Joseph suffered disappointment because he expected a different reaction from his family. Instead, he was sold into slavery, he was lied about, he was slandered, and he was even thrown into prison. So that's severe disappointment. And what about Job? Job was a man that was blessed and honored. He was, uh, in his region and in his time, he was the most revered man. He, he was a man with the most influence, and yet he suffered extreme disappointment. See, the enemy came and blew everything away that he had. All of his riches, all of his influence, his family, and lastly, he even caused sickness to come upon his body. He was a blessed man. But yet, a storm of cataclysmic proportions came upon him. He lost everything. Even his wife said, why don't you just curse God and die already? See, he even cursed the day that he was born. Severe disappointment. What about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's disappointment? These three young Hebrew men, friends of Daniel, during Daniel's time. They served God faithfully, but they were taken from their land, and they were made to serve the king of Babylon. Also, because they would not bow and worship an idol, they were thrown into a fiery furnace. And they lived right. They stayed out of trouble, but yet trouble came for them. I have a saying, sometimes you don't have to look for trouble, it comes looking for you. Certainly trouble came for these three men, and they were thrown into the fire, fiery furnace. Disappointment comes to us all. That's a fact. It's not whether or not we're going to experience disappointment in our lives. It's what we do about it when it does come to us. Another person that suffered grave disappointment, David, King David. David and his mighty warriors were sorely disappointed while in battle. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 1 through 8, it says, Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, and they attacked Ziklag, and they had burned it with fire. And they had taken the women and those that were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but they carried them away and went their way. So when David and his men came to the city, and there it was burned with fire, and their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. David, lift, David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices, and they wept. They wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, Anuam, uh, Ahinoam, and the Jezreelite, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man and his sons and their daughters. See, they were gravely disappointed and distressed. Then the Bible says in verse 6 that David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abiathar the priest, Abimelech's son, to please bring me an ephod. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. And David inquired of the Lord, he said, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And God answered him, He said, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail you shall recover all. See, once again, disappointments come to us all. So it is how we respond. And as you look at David, how he responded, he was able to recover all. So all of, 
those peoples that I referenced earlier responded righteously. See, when, when they were challenged with disappointment, they responded in the right way. Joseph never wavered from his trust in the Lord. Wherever he landed, he continued to serve God and help people around him. He continuously helped people and one day eventually became second in command of all of Egypt. What about Job? Job lost it all. But God eventually restored double of everything that Job had lost in these attacks. And he was vindicated in everything. What about the three young Hebrew men? Yes, they were thrown into the fiery furnace. They were willing um, to uh, even lose their lives. But in the end, the king himself, when he saw them come out of the furnace, they were not burned. They did not even smell like smoke. They had no damage in them. And he himself, the king himself, saw a fourth man with them in the fiery furnace. And he said, oh, he looks like the son of God. Even he decreed afterwards that if anybody speaks against these men, let them be killed. He said, their God is God. <laughs> but they paid a price and they suffered bitter disappointment. They had been snatched from their home. But at the end, God used their disappointment to minister to a people that did not know God. And what about David? David came to a very low point when he had lost everything. He and his men lost their families, their possessions. Not only that, but the men even sort of thought of stoning David. However, David did several key things. The one, he encouraged himself in the Lord when he became disappointed and when he, had, uh, when he was in despair. He encouraged himself in the Lord. That means he remembered God's promises. That means he worshipped God. He bowed before God. He went to God. He didn't run away from God. He did not criticize God. He did not say, why? Why is this happening to me? Am I not serving you? I hear a lot of us say that today. No, he knew the problem wasn't caused by God. He inquired of the Lord. He sought the Lord. And God told him, yes, go and pursue everything. You shall recover all. Once again, it's not how, or rather it's not that you'll suffer um, disappointments in life. It's how you respond to times of disappointment that makes the difference. There are a lot of people today that are exhausted by virtue of uh, stresses of life, business work, ministry, family issues, their health, the daily news, political landscape, especially today, world events, natural disasters, <laughs> finances, and many are depleted of energy, will, joy, and enthusiasm because of these things. They've stopped pursuing God because of this. They've stopped pursuing His purposes. And they've stopped praying and meditating on God's Word. But the Scriptures tells us in Galatians 6, 9, He says, Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. So family, I say this to you today by the Word of the Lord. Do not grow weary during this time. While you're seeing all of the calamity, while you're seeing all the confusion, while, while we are in a place that's not clear right now, it's uncertain, we don't know what the future looks like, but we know our God. Continue to do good. Continue to worship Him. Continue to inquire of the Lord, because you shall reap. But do not lose heart in this season. Let me give you several thoughts on what we can do when we're disappointed or when we get discouraged. Point number one, we have to encourage ourselves in the Lord in this day, each and every day. 
See, David first had to encourage himself in the Lord before being able to address his current crisis. You can find that in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. Without encouragement, there won't be any energy or heart to properly respond. See, David needed to be encouraged. He first had to encourage himself in the Lord, and from that place of encouragement, then he was able to inquire of God, get instructions, chase after the enemy, defeat him, and recover all. Note this, all of his team were disappointed, and they were totally discouraged. So their actions of not pursuing were there. Their actions were stone David. They, they, they felt uh, um, angry. They had fear. They, they were disappointed, disappointed in David, disappointed in God. They were disillusioned. They were in despair. Then in a place of despair, they began to speak of stoning their leader, the one who would be king. They did not know how to encourage themselves. And a lot of us are in this place. We, we, we don't know how to encourage ourselves. We need to run to God when we are in a place of discouragement, disillusion. Take a walk and worship Him. Go to your favorite place of prayer and worship Him and encourage yourself in the Lord. They all knew what was in. They, they only knew what was in front of them. They only saw the specific circumstances, but they could not understand that God can shift the circumstance. See, that almost caused them to truly lose everything, including their leader, because they wanted to stone him. So. The enemy has succeeded in this day in deceiving many of God's people into focusing on current facts and issues and crises, natural disasters, in order to distract them into becoming discouraged and, disappoint and disappointed. Even our, our current landscape, our, na our, our national landscape right now, is one that can really, really disappoint. But if we stand in God, we know that no matter what, God is in control. God's the one that um, will help us personally, and He will help this nation. Our job is to pray and intercede for this nation, for our city, for our, our state, for our families. And God will do the impossible. We do the possible, He does the impossible. So we need to encourage ourselves in the Lord in this day, so this way we can help others to do the same. Once we're encouraged, we can encourage others. The word encourage comes from an old French word, encourage. It's two words, encourage. The prefix on means to make or to put in, to, to install. And the word courage means heart. See, to install strength in the heart. That's what encourage means. See, that, that word courage is heart. The innermost, innermost feelings of bravery and confidence and zeal and strength. That's what it is to encourage oneself. That's where courage comes from, that root word. Bravery, comfort, confidence on the inside. Courage, uh, when we, we think about that, to encourage oneself, then when you look at the original language or the original intent of the word, it means to make brave, to allow bravery to well up on the inside. See, to become confident, to hearten, to instill zeal or strength, to remove that which has taken your strength or confidence away from you. So it's time to encourage, breathe in heart, breathe in zeal and strength. When you encourage yourself, you're putting on bravery, you're putting on confidence, you're putting on zeal, you're putting on strength in your inner man. 
and you're removing the things, the ideas, the attitudes, the things I've been told to you, the voices that you've been hearing, those things that have been bringing you down. See, God had to encourage, encourage Joshua. See, Joshua was saddened because he had lost Moses. Moses had died. And then God turns around and says, now you're the one that's going to finish the job. You're going to step into Moses' shoes and bring God's people into the land of promise. God had to encourage Joshua three times. He told him, fear not, three times. And he told him, be very courageous. It's time in this day to be very courageous, people, to go before the Lord and receive that encouragement from Almighty God and then help to encourage others. The second point is we need to check our hearts to see why we're disappointed in the first place. Why are we disappointed? See, disappointment comes when something or someone feel of, uh, fails to meet your expectations. See, you feel you were let down. You feel like maybe you failed or something failed. And that's where disappointment comes in. See, so when we're disappointed, uh, it can bring in a dismay. It can bring in dissatisfaction. It could bring in uh, a frustration. It could even bring in a sense of failure, a sense of giving up. A sense of what's the use see so we need to make sure that we always check our hearts to see what is it that we're allowing to make us disappointed why should we dis be disappointed if, if Jesus already won he says in this earth you'll have tribulation but don't fear don't lose heart I've overcome the world the world systems so if we have the DNA of Jesus we, we shouldn't be in a place of disappointment we should be rejoicing knowing the final outcome of everything knowing that God already won he's in control he's seated on the throne no matter what we see in the landscape God is in control hallelujah say that to your neighbor right now God is in control and he already won and if you're alone say it to yourself just declare it just declare it right there right where you're at <laughs> the third point is we need to update what our reality lens or perspective should be what's your reality lens what is it that you're seeing or what is it that you think you're seeing several questions have your expectations been realistic really or are your expectations unrealistic and that's dangerous because if they're unrealistic you're gonna be disappointed or oh, this year I'm gonna uh, you know save fifty thousand dollars I mean at the end of the year you only saved twenty dollars you're gonna be guess what disappointed your expectations should be realistic. You should say, this year I'll save $100 or $1,000. Be realistic with yourself. So what are your expectations of Almighty God? What are your expectations you know, in your life, for your city, for your nation? What are your expectations? See, some of us think that the, uh, the United States is a Christian nation. We're no longer a Christian nation. We haven't been a Christian nation for a while. We've accepted people from all over the world. We've also accepted the gods of the people of all over the world. We're a pluralistic society right now. Truly, the nations will not be 100% godly until Jesus reigns in his full manifestation. We will, uh, for the rest of our lives, we will be uh, dealing with sin and we'll be dealing with uh, governments that are unrighteous because it's the sin that's inculcated in the heart of man. So no matter where you go, you'll see sin because wherever man is, sin is there. We, we, we're living in a fallen nation, in a fallen world. So we have to have realistic expectations. Okay, and number two, have our expectations been based on faulty theology? Really, sometimes 
we take verses and scriptures uh, out of out of uh, context. Sometimes we hear things that are really not God. It's people, people's desires. So we have to be grounded and rooted in God's word. It's all about Jesus. It's not about me winning. It's about Jesus. Things don't go around. Uh, don't go right in my community. But it's all about Jesus. My assignment is to bring life and hope and joy, peace, restoration. Yeah, but there's a lot of mess all over the world. Yeah, sin is still here. Yeah, man still has a fallen nature. Yeah, there's still evil men and women in this earth. But my expectations are based on the theology of God. And when you study theology, which is the study of God, theos, theology, theosology, the study of God. When we study the theology of God, everything was made for God and by God. So at the end of the day, we belong to God. And those that continue to thumb their noses at God, guess what? They will have to pay uh, the price for that. They'll bow before him in shame. It's going to happen. But our expectations, is it based on the correct theology or do we have faulty theology? Another thing is, have we put too much trust on others? Or have we made idols out of people? Yeah, even today, many of us have made idols out of people. Talk about many times the, the American Idol, you know, we see that show. But in truth, you know, people don't think twice about using that word idols. You know, we're, we're taught to reject idols. We're not to worship anyone except Almighty God. So no matter how good a man is, a woman is, we are not to worship people. We're to worship God. People fail. People are imperfect. We love them with warts and all. But the truth of the matter is, we have to worship God. Never worship people. Never idolize people. Because people cannot save you at the end of the day. Only God can save you. Jeremiah 29, verse 11 through 13, it says, I know the thoughts that I have told you, said the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. So we have to seek God with all of our hearts. We need to really, really ensure that we put God in our hearts and make him number one, which brings me to the fourth point. We need to make sure that God is seated in the throne room of our hearts. We have to seek him with all of our hearts, the Bible says. In Psalms 9.1 it says, I will praise you, Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of all your marvelous works. So if God is, is, is in the center of your heart, it's going to be hard to get disappointed because since you are in relationship with Almighty God, when things don't go your way here or there, you know that God is still in control, and sooner or later, if He revealed it to you, it will come to pass. We just need to continue to stand with Him and be like Paul. Paul says, I, I've learned to be content in all things. I, I'm, in, I'm content when I have a lot. I'm content when I have a little. See, he knows. He, he understood this. He didn't allow anything to disappoint him because he was crucified with Christ. The life he now lived, he lived by the faith of the Son of God. In Psalms 119 verse 2 it says, Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. That word whole is complete. 
See, it, it doesn't have any schisms in it. My complete heart. I don't have half of my heart worshiping an idol, then half my heart worshiping God. No, my whole heart. I worship Him. I praise Him. I seek Him with my whole, complete heart. Everything comes secondary to that. In Psalms 119, verse 11, it says, Your word I have hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you. So when we seek God with all of our heart, part of seeking Him is to find Him in His word. When we love His word and we seek Him out in His word and then deposit it in our hearts, we hide His word in our hearts. So when it comes time to be tempted, we won't give in to the temptation because His word will keep us, will guard us from sinning against Him. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. And then Psalms 119.34 says, Give me understanding and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. See, once again, we're to seek God with our whole hearts. We're to put God's word in our hearts so that our hearts could be guarded and kept so that God would always be first in our lives. And the, first, first, uh, the fifth thing, sorry, the fifth thing is that our minds have to be renewed in this day. Every day our minds have to be renewed. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In Ephesians 4.23, it says, Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. See, so when we continue to allow the Word of God to wash our mind, wash our thoughts, it realigns us with God's will, with God's ways, and God's purpose in our lives. And that's important because our perceptions determine our emotions. Remember, even though Joseph was disappointed in his brother's actions, he continued to trust God and believe in His Word wherever he went. He went to Potiphar's house and served him as a servant. Guess what? He honored God. And when he was tempted there, he ran away instead of succumbing to the temptation. He honored God. And when he was in prison, he honored God. And God exalted him even in the prison. What about Joshua? God told Joshua, meditate on my word day and night, and you will make your own way prosperous. Did you hear that? That is powerful. We need to meditate on God's word. Allow our, word, our, our, our mind to be washed by the Word of God each and every day. And God said, Joshua, you will make your own way prosperous when you meditate on my Word each and every day. So, in conclusion, there'll be many times this year that will challenge your faith. Oh yeah, this, this is going to be a bumpy ride this year. And there are many times where you will be faced with disappointments, fears might want to come upon you suddenly, uh, a, a lack of uh, peace might want to come upon you, but keep these five things in your heart. Your test might, or rather, your faith might be tested. You know, so your emotions might suddenly want to go awry. But remember, encourage yourself each and every day in the Lord. Also, check your hearts each and every day. When, especially when you get disappointed, check yourself. Why am I getting disappointed here? Number three, update what your reality or your perspective is. Is your reality based uh, on true reality or just emotions or, or what something told you or a faulty theology? 
Check that out constantly, continually, so that your eyes can be seeing what God sees, and so your ears are hearing what God is saying. Number four, make sure that God is seated in the throne room of your heart. That is imperative. That's number one. He has to be first. See, you're on a rock this year. So no matter what you get buffeted with, you're going to stay on that rock. You're anchored to the rock, who is Jesus Christ. And number five, renew your mind with the Word of God each and every day. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you this moment. Bow your heads with me. Father, I thank you for encouragement for your people. Thank you, Lord God, that even though uh, we might be disappointed, even though, uh, Lord, in this year, we might even be tempted to be in dismay and worry and fear. Uh, Lord, we're going to hold that back, and we're going to get back to that place where we encourage ourselves in you. My Lord, we're going to be strengthened in you. We're going to be strengthened in the inner man because we're going to place you first in our hearts. You're going to be in the center of our hearts. So no matter what happens, we can be like Jesus who slept in a boat in the middle of a storm. We will be able to be at peace in the middle of storms. As they come and go, we'll see the storms come, we'll see the storms go, but we will get to the other side. Why? Because you're with us. We are anchored in you, my God. And I declare that over your people, Father. They are anchored in you. So, Father, I bless you. I praise your holy, holy, holy name. Glory be to your holy name. Hallelujah. Praise God. I hope that bless you like it blessed me. There's nothing better to be in the house of the Lord together with the people of God. And I'm so glad that each and every one of us are together, worshiping Him together. I'm so glad that we're continuing to hear the word of the Lord. Always remember that even though we're not meeting in the physical building the month of January, we're still meeting at various times during the week. Tuesdays, we've been having amazing meetings. I'm telling you, you've got to get on one of these Tuesday meetings. This is a time, it's live, it's on Zoom. And uh, we, we talk and chat together, we pray together, we testify together, uh, we go into breakout rooms and pray for one another. So it's very vital that you get on these uh, times of fellowship. The Bible tells us to continue to fellowship. Uh, even while it's said today, we're to fellowship and encourage each other, not forget to, not, not forsake the assembling of oneself. We're to continue to fellowship together. Wednesdays, a group of us get together to pray. Uh, on Friday, we have a complete service also. Also, uh, together with worship and testimonies and pr the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So uh, get on one of these. Also make sure that you invite your friends, invite your family members. Remember, we're still called to disciple others. We're still uh, called to invite others to receive the word of the Lord, to um, hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. So uh, let's be very active in this season. Because a lot of people are disappointed. A lot of people are sad and tired and in despair. And they need the love of God. They need the grace of God. So you be that representative to them. Amen? Praise God. Also, if you hadn't had a chance to release your offering at the end of uh, this particular gathering, you can go to our website, www.calvaryny.org forward slash give. calvaryny.org forward slash give. Or you could call our office, 718-829-5306. And you could discuss how to uh, send your offering. You can also call with a prayer or request. If you have any questions, call our office during the week. All right? You know, we really want to hear from you. So uh, we're not leaving right away. We'll still be in the chat room. So in case you have any parting words, any thoughts, you can feel free to put them there. We'll, we'll respond to you. Amen? Because we love hearing from the family of God. We love you. Have a wonderful and blessed week. Um, so let me pray and dismiss you, Father. Thank you for this beautiful day. 
this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And Father, this moment, we're grateful for the word that you have given us. We're grateful, Lord God, for that which you have shared with us, my Lord. So, Father, this moment, I dismiss your people. I ask that you move mightily in their lives throughout this week. Grant them wisdom, grace, favor. Grant them encouragement in their hearts, my Lord, as they navigate through this week. Whatever the week throws at us, my God, may we be solid and comforted in you, my Heavenly Father. So, Lord, I bless your people, and I dismiss them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that name that is above all names. Remember, you're blessed and you're highly favored. So be, go be that blessing that God has called you to be. Amen.